We're overcomers, amen? The Bible says the gates of hell will not prevent. Let's just keep that going during the background while I'm preaching. That's good. The gates of hell will not stop the church of God. And that's just not as a whole. That's us as individuals. God wants us to be overcomers. And I've really enjoyed this series, studying it for myself. And this morning, it's really been good for me as I've been talking about hidden wounds or studying about hidden wounds. And so just be in much in prayer and please take notes as we go over this because this is some great principles. Uh, how many here this morning, uh, let's talk about, just do a little quiz. How many here have had, had broken bones? Raise your hands. You had a broken bone? Raise your hand. A lot of you. How many, how many have ever had stitches? Right? Stitches? How many have over 30 stitches? I, have, I haven't, but uh, really? Uh, which of one of you would come up here and like to show us the scars where those 30, you'd, you'd be right happy, wouldn't you? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I no telling where that's at, and we don't want to know. Amen, brother? All right, but uh, um, we're going to talk about some hidden wounds, but there are open wounds. How, how many have ever been stabbed? Really? Uh, is it in the kitchen or in a dark alley? <laughs> dark alley, okay. How many have been shot before? No one? No no one? Been, that's, that's good. Okay, so we're going to talk about hidden wounds that aren't physical, but they're inside all of us. And so talk about those hidden wounds. Uh, what are hidden wounds? Let's just jump into this. They're memories, resentments, regrets, worries, fear, compulsion from the past. Memories of abandonment, of abuse, criticism, ridicule, pain, rejection, and prejudice. And many of us have experienced this pain in all different kinds of forms. And what we've done is we've shoved them down. A lot of us have shoved them down and, and, and really never dealt with them. Um, where do some of these come from? Well, of course, the schoolyard, right? How many have ever, how many remember, I mean, it's been a long time since I've been in, the, in, in recess, but how many remember in recess uh, some of the pain that people have said? I mean, you remember the teachers telling you, you know, you know, uh, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you? I mean, it was just a lie, right? I mean, the broken bones, the scars, I mean, the, the stitches, I mean, they're gone. But some of the other things have really formed us into the people we are. I mean, kids can be mean, can't they? Right now, how many can remember something that was said to you back then? Yeah, just, I, me and my brother went to this neighbor's house. And they, they were cooking hamburgers and they invited us over for hamburgers. And me and my brother, we were leaping for joy. We're going to have hamburgers, right? And we get there, and then all of a sudden, the neighbor says, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You ain't coming to my house with those filthy feet. I mean, those kind of things just devastate, don't they? My brother still scarred over that. Didn't even bother me. I, could, I just want the hamburger, amen? But he still talks about that to, the, to this day. I mean, we, the scars come from, those wounds can come from neighbors, it can come from teachers. 
It can literally come from friends, so-called friends, workplace, society. But the deepest of all the wounds come from where? Family. They can come from your parents. They can come from your partners, your exes, your brothers, your sisters, your children. I mean, they can come from all kinds of places in the family. And those are the deep ones. But praise God, look at Psalms 47 verse 3 with us on the screen here. This is the good stuff. God, He heals the brokenhearted. Amen? He's the one that heals us. He bandages up our wounds. I mean, that's a process of healing. Understand the process. He bandages up the wounds. There's a process to the healing. Okay? Just not automatically. You have to take some steps, and that's what we're going to talk about. Taking some steps to heal these hidden wounds. Because it also says this, the bandages. There's some medicine that you need to take in order for the healing process. And let me give you just a couple of them, all right? I'm hoping to get through this. Um, so, number one, admit you're hurt, all right? Admit you're hurt. A lot of people handle their hurts different ways. But the majority of us hold it in. We hold it down. Well, there's some consequences to holding it in. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. David in in Psalms 39 verses 2 and 3 says this. Now, he's thinking about somebody that hurt him. But as I stood there in silence, not even speaking of the good things, the turmoil within me grew worse. You ever been there? I think we've all been there, right? Look at the next verse, verse 3. But the more I thought about it, you ever been in bed at night and you're thinking something that happened years ago, months ago, all right? The more you thought about it, David's talking, the hotter I got to the point where it ignited the fire of words. So he's thinking about this deep down inside and, and, and we're holding it in. And, and, and the reason we hold it in sometimes is because people have told us that time heals all. That's not true, is it? I mean, it, it really isn't true. I mean, you think about cancer. I got cancer. Well, is time going to help that? It's going to make it worse. You got to have some meds and then time along with it. But time doesn't heal anything. We've got to understand that. So number one is you admit, and of course, if you hold it down, it's going to explode eventually. And usually what happens is it explodes in different places. Also, it also makes us weak. Notice Psalms 32, 3, what it says here. He said, when I refuse to confess my sin, all right, whether it be sin, wounds, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. What happens is when we hold in, we get weary. We get weak. And it's not a good thing to hold it in. We only have so much emotional strength so much and 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 when we waste it on holding it in then it just it it just builds and builds and holding in its hurt it's going to explode we've got to do a couple things with it number one all right confess our deep wounds to god be honest with god all right god like this god this sucks this isn't fair. You ever 
You ever said that before to God? God's got big shoulders. He can handle you being honest with Him. All right? About these passing. It's just not fair. Then you need to be honest with yourself. Don't diminish these things. Minimize the pain because they're real. And third, be honest with somebody else. We're talking about admitting. Get it out. Now, I'm not talking about running your mouth off about all of your sin and all the stuff that you've been through to every single person. Find a person that you can trust, that can, you can open yourself up to, and they will really care. Genuinely take you to the throne and genuinely hold you accountable with this incident, this wound that you're carrying, that you're holding on to that you've kept secret for all these years. Admit. Thanks to the first step. Number two, second step. Release those who've hurt you. Release those. Number one, admit, and then release those who have hurt you. Now, this is probably the hardest one. But listen, you're never going to get well. It ain't going to happen until you release the person that's hurt you. Until you're completely, you let it go. Okay? The resentment will stay in your heart until you literally forgive them. Again, we don't have so much emotional energy. And you can spend all your emotional energy on getting revenge, holding it against it, and then you're going to get angry and you're going to get weak. Or you can spend all your energy on getting well releasing somebody, getting happy, well, and whole. I don't know how many people, I mean, it seems like you look around you in church, it seems like everybody's got their act together, doesn't it? We we got it together. But when you get with people one-on-one, it's a different story. Not that you're, not that, that we're a complete mess, but we all have wounds. And it's the way we were raised, or our exes, or whatever. Whatever took place, there's wounds that we have to take care of in our life. And if we don't, then the pain will always be there. Look at at, uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 17, 18, and 19. Now, I really like the never. Okay, we're here to hear the word of God. Can I hear an amen? All right, we're here to hear the word of God. Never. Never. Ah, yeah, but Lord, sometimes. Never, oh, just once, right? Just one time. Never pay back evil with more evil, okay? Do things in such a way that everybody can see you are honorable. Look at the verse, next verse. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone, and that's including the ones who have hurt us. Dear friends, there it is, never Never take revenge. <laughs> Never take revenge. Now, wait a minute. When, when, my, when my husband says something to me and I'm driving down the road, all right, spouses do this all the time. Someone will say something and the other just looks, oh, that's so mean. But it's okay, I forgive you, right? Is that how we handle it? No. As soon as they say something, Boom flying back. Why? Because we've been offended and we have to deal with it, right? 
got to put them in their place. All right? Never. So even in those small areas, never take revenge. Leave that, that what? That incident to the righteous anger of the Lord. The anger of the Lord? Yes. For the scripture says, I will take vengeance. I will repay or I'll pay back, saith the Lord. Okay? So we can, we can release somebody and not take vengeance because God will do that. Now, who can get better back at somebody, me or God? It's a no-brainer, right? He's got a lot more arsenal in his available to him compared to us, right? And you say, whoa, that's me. No, God is fair. And he's going to deal out. The Bible says this about, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23. It talks about the Lord. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. Now notice the progression, the insult. So what did they do? They spoke some things. Some of the greatest hurts that we have is people speaking things. I mean, my school years. How many had some rough school years? Raise your hand. Just, just lift them up, okay? Lift them up. Hold them up. Lots of us. I mean, they were rough. That's why I quit in ninth grade. That was dumb because I had to go back and spend a lot of years back in school, right? All right? So notice he was insulted. He never retaliated nor threatened revenge when he suffered. Now notice this. This is, this is powerful. He left his case in the hands of God. Why? Who always... That's why we should have our Bibles out. Circle always. Always judges fairly. Always. He's a righteous guy, and he always deals. So Jesus was able to take these men at the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what to do. Of course, he was God. But he's able to just turn it over to the Lord. We need to release people understanding that he judges fairly and righteously. So why should we forget? Why should we forgive? Well, first of all, God's forgiven us. You'll never be able to forgive unless you truly understand that you've been forgiven. Most of the time when we're released of our sins and we're washed, we really don't grasp it because it's a hard concept to grasp. But when you start believing the scriptures that when God looks down at you, he no longer is viewing your sinfulness. When you, when you really understand that and grasp that, then you can turn around and forgive because you understand that your father has forgiven you. Another reason we forgive, but if you're not experienced, it's hard to do. Another reason we forgive is because we're going to need forgiveness in the future. Anybody, anybody understand that? How many are never going to make another mistake where you'll never need God's forgiveness? Anybody like that in here? The Bible says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us. We're going to need forgiveness. And at the time that I need forgiveness and I need God to help me to, to be pure with him and I, know I need him to bless me, but the time I need it, I'm harboring unforgiveness guess what? 
He's not going to give it to me. He's not going to bless. Because I'm harboring something against someone else. It ain't going to happen. Now, I know all of us want that, right? So, listen, the reason we forgive is not only because, you know, He's forgiven us, but also we're going to need it in the future. And third thought is this. Unforgiveness doesn't work. I don't know why we do it. I mean, it really, you know, there's sometimes I'm sitting in a counseling meeting or I'm talking to somebody and they bring up something and then boom, something from the past comes up. And before now, I'm, I'm dwelling on this for hours. It's like Satan just brought that up. And we're going to talk about how to deal with that. But he just brought that up and then I'm just... Rah. It never works because what happens? That person that hurt you in the past, when you bring it back, they're hurting you in the present. <laughs> they're hurting you all over again. Why give them access to your life all over again? It doesn't even compute. It doesn't even make sense, but that's what we do. We allow whatever incident it was in the past, that person who jumped in our life and was really inconsiderate and mean and, and, and just a mess to us, we're allowing them to come to this present day and not only affect us, but affect our relationships. It never works. Release them. And then fourth, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, just jot that verse down, it talks about bitterness defiles many. Listen very carefully. This is what happens. A person that's hanging on to something that's hurt and wounded, and you just keep bringing up the past, bringing up the past, bringing up the past. Listen, you affect everybody around you. You infect. You're pouring into them bitterness, anger, and resentment. The Bible says this: it defiles many. So now, now, now. now th- you're allowing that person in the past who hurt you, you're bringing it up to the present, not only affecting you, but listen, you're passing it down to the next generation. That attitude, that anger, that unforgiveness, it defiles many. That's why we forgive. We don't want our kids acting like that. We don't want our kids to be affected. My grandmother was a perfect example of this. I wish I could go into it. <laughs> Always pivoting the kids against each other with all the garbage that was going on. She was fantastic. Now, don't get me wrong. She loved me more than she loved the rest of them. Praise God. Amen. Every time she'd see me, she'd give me a little bit of money in her little hand. And she was the best. But she did. She was always good to me. But <laughs> most people, she wasn't. Amen. Okay. It, it affects people. And her children have the same spirit. Number three, admit, release, and replace. Talking about how to, steps to how to be healed, if you will, how to overcome those hidden wounds that are there in all of us. Okay? Number three, replace the old movie clips with the word of God. In other words, Bottom line is, transform 
your mind. The only way, listen very carefully, the only way to forget something is by refocusing on something else. When you're watching a TV show and you're just sitting there and you don't like what's on, do you murmur and complain about it? Or do you change the channel? You change the channel. Nobody's forcing you to watch that show. Listen, nobody's forcing you to rehearse those incidents in your life. Nobody's causing you to blame everybody around you. Happiness is a choice. You can choose to be as happy as you want to be. All right, now, I want to give you a couple of scriptures. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Look what it says here. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. I really like that translation. But let God transform you into a new person. Now notice this. By changing, grab a hold of this, by changing the way you think. That's what we have to do. We have to reprogram our mind. Change our thinking. Well, how do you, how do you change your thinking? Because thinking literally produces feelings, and those combination of that produces action. Okay? So we have to change our thinking so it produces joy. Not anger, not resentment, not bitterness. Because when you think about it, that's where you, your life heads. All right? So how do you change your thinking? Well, you begin to ask God, please help me with these memories. God is a miracle worker. And he literally will help you to get rid of those memories of rejection, those memories of sin, those memories of resentment, guilt, and abuse. God can literally wash your mind. Second thing he does is you can do is you can fill your mind with his word. Now, when I went back to Bible college, that was one of the things that Miss Pascal, what a name, right? Miss Pascal. It brings great memories and some some rah. Because I took English comp. How many know what English comp is? Where you take a sentence and you, you you take a sentence and you dissect it, right? Everybody, you, you know. Okay. She said, "Now, Timmy, I could pass you, but you need this again." So I guess what I took it again, and I hated it the second time just as much as I hated it the first time. And my wife helped me just as much the second time as I did the first time. Amen. It was a terrible class because I couldn't. I can't get that. A song just popped in my mind. Okay, so, so I want you to, I want you to, so what I did is she began helping me to memorize scripture. We memorized all the book of Ephesians in her class. I mean, she was just constantly pounding on me, her and Dr. Gates. So this verse that I'm going to give you today helped me with my past. I mean, it just, it not just helped me, it transformed me in my past. Okay. And I really want you to write it down. I want you to meditate. I want you to grab it. Go back to the context of the verse. Paul's talking here. And he's, there's, some, there's some things in his life that, that were holding me back. And he says, this one thing I do. All right, so let's look at this verse. Now, this is the NLT. And I, and I memorized the, New King, or the King James. And so the King James is so much more powerful. All right. It says, uh, no, dear brother and sister, I have not achieved. All right. 
I've not achieved, I've not arrived to perfectness. But I focus on this one thing. Okay? Now the King James says, this one thing I do. Now the weird thing about this is Paul said, this is one thing I do. And then he tells us two things that he does. Kind of weird, isn't it? This one thing I do. And so you're listening. Okay, Paul, why do you... Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth. Well, 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 is Paul not telling the truth? He says one thing, yet he's doing two things? No, it's, it's a combination. Here it is. It's one action. Because when you focus on this, you neglect the other. Okay, in the Greek, the word forget means to lose out of mind. Or the implication is to neglect so he saw this one thing I do, neglecting the past. And then reaching means stretching oneself, reaching unto those things which are before. And the word before means those things that are right there in the present. So here, here, here this one thing is I'm neglecting and reaching. It's one action. This one thing. Well, that really helped me. Because the past kept stumbling me over and over and over. But when I grabbed this verse, I realized I can do this. And I gave everything on the present. And that is becoming like Christ. It's fantastic. It changes everything. You neglect all those bad memories. You've already released them. You forgave them. But instead of them coming up, because isn't it true that even after you forgive somebody, the memory's still there? Those memories turn into feelings. They turn into action, words, anger. But if you neglect those things, those things your mom said, those things your dad said, things your mom did, things your dad did, brothers, sisters, loved ones, friends, if you neglect those, you already forgave them, and then you focus on Right here, what's at hand? Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting the thing, reaching forth. I press, the next verse says, Paul says, I press. That means pursue, hot pursuit. Now, let me ask you a question. Right now, honestly, in your life, what are you pursuing? What are you on hot pursuit? Some of you are young enough, you're pursuing your woman, your man, your hot pursuit of that. Others, you know, you're just not pursuing the right things. Paul says, neglect and press. Stretch. Give it all you got. Hot pursuit of Christ. When he becomes that which you're pursuing after, then literally, you will neglect the past just as the Lord teaches us. And the third, of course, believe what Scripture says. Now, <clears throat> we've talked a little bit about that already. So number four, okay, admit, release, replace, and refocus. Now, I already talked about that a little bit, refocusing, forgetting, neglecting, and reaching forth. But I really like Job chapter 11. It is fantastic for us. So I'm going to just hit on it, and then we'll go to the next point because we're running out of time. <clears throat> if only you would prepare your hearts, okay? Now, I wish I could just dissect this, but prepare your hearts and lift up your hands in prayer. 
And there's two, two sections. Oh, that's good stuff. Prepare your heart. You and, your, you and the Lord, and then lift up your hands in prayer and, 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 and just praise Him and worship Him and adore Him. I mean, I'm telling you, there's something about in your private place in prayer, in your heart, or in your, in your room, and you're, you're just standing there. No one's looking. It's just you. Get used to this. Get used to lifting up your hands, and He is your all. And then when you come to church, it'll be so much easier to do this. Can I hear an amen? How many here struggle with raising your hand? Well, if if a few other people would do that, I would do that. Amen? Amen? Because when I lift it up, every eye's on me. Isn't that what we think? Every eye's looking. And they are. Because only one person's doing it. Who don't care what people think? Raise your hand. Next Sunday, I want all of you raising your hand during worship time. Can I hear an amen? amen. <laughs> all right. I mean, it's fantastic. Look, at, I'm, I'm getting carried away here. Okay, next verse. Uh, get rid of your sins. Leave your iniquity behind you. Uh, fantastic. Now, the reason I'm saying all this is because of this next verse. Okay? Your face, then, that's what I want you to see, then, dissect scripture, then your face will be brightened with innocence. I love that. But this is where I'm going. And and you will be strong and without fear. Verse 16. You will forget. What's it say? Your misery. I like when another translation says your troubles will melt away. Another one says you will forget your troubles. You see that? And there was like four steps in there, but we've already covered them. So when you do these four things, all of a sudden, you will forget your trouble. And that's what we're all after. You take these steps, and then what will happen, you confess your sin, you confess it to the Lord, you're honest, you, you get this out, you release this person, and what will happen? You will forget your misery. Not just forget your misery. Look what it says. It will be like water flowing away. And we all understand that. Water, whoa, it's there today, especially with this ground here, this rocky soil. It's here, and then the water's gone, and your grass is still dead, right? It doesn't get down to, it's just gone. It just runs off. And isn't that great? This is what we all want. We want to forget the things that they said about us in the schoolyard. We want to forget what mom and dad and grandma and grandpa did to us. And we want to forget all this stuff. This scripture tells us that it all washes away. It's gone. He heals up our brokenhearted and he bandages our wounds. It's just a matter of do you really want to be made whole? Amen. Do you really want to be made whole? Or do you just want to come and and just practice enough of the truth that you halfway are happy? You have that happy, you know, Jesus promises the abundant life. Well, I could probably enjoy my life and have part of the abundant life. I only want part of it. Not the whole thing. No, we all want the abundant life. We're just not sure about all the stuff to get the abundant life, right? Can I hear an amen? 
Am I stepping on toes? I don't mean to step on toes. I'm just kind of preaching here. It's my job. Amen. My calling. All right, this, this, this is good stuff. Okay? We all want our troubles to melt away. We all want to forget those things. This is how we do it. Number five, and I'll just rush through this because we're out of time. Receive support from your small group. Now, Scripture is full of these promises. Ecclesiastes chapter, was it four? Verse 12. A person alone can be attacked and defeated. A person alone can be attacked and he will be defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Notice what it says. Three are even better. All right? A triple cord, uh, braid cord, is not easily broken. All right? So there, there's a, a promotion for our small group. Look at uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, 5.11. It says, encourage one another and strengthen one another. Where does that come from? It comes from a couple of families getting together. Two or three families, four or five families just getting together and saying, listen, I've got your back. We're here for each other. You can tell me anything. It's not going to go any further. And I'm going to pray for you. And I'm here to encourage you. I mean, this is what Scripture teaches. Not, uh, not because small groups are popular. We just want to do small groups. No, this is scriptural. We want to do it because that's where we get encouragement. That's where we get strength. It's from each other. So listen, if you're not in a small group, don't hold back from encouraging me. I need you. Can I hear an amen? We need each other according to the Bible. And then, of course, the last one is number six, is reach out and help others. Admit, release, replace, refocus, receive, and reach. One wasn't an R. Amen. The rest of them were. Easy for you. All right? So listen, this is great stuff. My goal is that each one of us become over comers. Don't let the world, your past life, your yesteryears, keep you from being all that God has planned for you now. Because guess what? God has a plan. He's got a plan. Don't let that insecurity, that worries and those fears keep you from overcoming and being all that God wants you to be. Don't let it. Don't let it admit to yourself man i'm a mess i got it. and then most importantly release and then oh goodness refocus this one thing i do can i say this come hell or high water this one thing i am going to do that's what we need. I am going to overcome. And I'm going to take these steps to do it. Let's all stand as we go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just come to you this morning. Just thank you for your word. Lord, we know that you've given, these, given us these promises all through Scripture. I can, I can be all things through Christ. I can become an overcomer. I can be a, a whole person. I can be healed. Father, we know what the Scripture, we've seen over and over and over.
But Father, I pray specifically for each and every person here today. You know where every heart's at. We don't, but you do. And Father, we pray for each one this morning that they would be honest with themselves for just a few moments. They would be honest with you, honest with themselves, and they would open up. And Father, they would release and they would make a commitment to you to reprogram their mind, to refocus, to neglect and to be in pursuit of you. God, we pray for each one where they're at right now that you'd help them apply these truths. Even, even right now, Lord, if they, if they, let's just, Father, we just pray that they would open up today and make that decision today. Help us to do that, Father. In Jesus' name. Head bow, eyes closed. Just from Maybe you're here this morning. And, and maybe you want to make that commitment this morning with, to Him. And, and you want to ask God to help you to release. Help you to refocus. Well, right now, heads about, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. If that's you, just step forward this morning. Come down here and pray. You and God. We're going to give you a couple of minutes to do that. Why don't you come right now? Just step out. Have that determination. This one thing I do.